This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Sporting Max on Triple One Six SEN. Where today I'm joined by the co-owner of the Illawarra Hawks in the NBL, Dory Kadai. Dory, it's an absolute honour to have you on the show. How you going? Good, Max. How you going? Good to uh, catch up again. Great, thanks. Great to have you on uh, the podcast again. Um, now, I'd like to start off with sort of covering a bit of ground. Um, and for those who don't know, how did you become uh, the owner of the Illawarra Hawks? Um, look, you know, basketball has been my passion. It's been something I've done all my life. I've been around basketball for the last 35 years myself. So, um, it's, you know, I've been fortunate enough that I've, um, you know, succeeded in, in, in business, in the business world. And um, the opportunity came up with the Hawks, uh, Mm-hmm. acquiring it with with my co-owners as well and and um yeah just took you know took that next next step back into the realm of sport uh in the yeah. realm of basketball and um and yeah look you know um excited to be here and excited to sort of you know change the narrative of what the Illawarra Hawks are about and um look yeah it, it's uh it's a journey that I've, I've I've started since I was 11 years old so and it's a journey that's still going as of today um now I want to um, talk about the state of basketball in Australia. I mean, it's thrived under the ownership um, of Larry Kesselman um, in head office and the leadership of Jeremy Liga. Where do you see um, Australian basketball and I guess sort of the NBL going in the next, you know, few years? Well, definitely, um, look, the, you know, the, the talent uh, has definitely improved over the last, you know, five to ten years. Um, you know, we, we, you know, we've always said that, you know, we're a top three league in the, in the world and I think we can truly say that now. Um, yeah. You can see players transitioning from the NBL up to the NBA and making big impacts. You know, people like your Josh Giddies, people like your Mellow mm-hmm. Balls, um, you know, Keith Sykes is, is, it has gone there now. And even quoting and saying that it's easier to score in the NBA than it is in the NBA. Yeah. Um, so I think I think from, from a product on the court, I think we've, made, we've had some massive inroads uh, mm-hmm. over the last five, five to six years, ten years. Um, but I think off the court, you know, the product is, is really improving a lot as well. And it comes down from leadership, not only in an NBL perspective, but also at club land. And I think yeah. as much as the NBL grows, you know, the narrative of the league and grows the brand of, of the NBL, it takes into individual club owners and club organisations to follow on the same journey. Um, because yeah. Every club's got a, a, responsibility, a responsibility to play um, to increase, you know, the awareness the um the brand uh you know the marketing and the profile of you know of each organization so i think collaboratively as a league um on and off the court has taken massive leaps forward and that, that comes down to having you know good leadership across the board and everyone's sort of seeing the same direction seeing where this can go uh, so what's your relationship like uh with the head office well, it looks great um you know I, I was fortunate enough to serve time on the board for the nbl um, so I work closely with Jeremy and Larry um, over years. I've formed a very good relationship with Larry as well. Um, look, you know, for us, it's all about working together. Uh, it, it's important. And, you know, for us to grow this sport, everyone needs to be on the same page. So, you know, my relationship with the league has been fantastic. Uh, something that I've always, uh, you know, I've always been very supportive of what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned LaMelo Ball just before. Now, um, he's one of the best basketballers in the world now. Has there been any, I guess, legacy created um, at Illawarra um, by Lamello? 
Oh, look, you know, he definitely left his mark not only in Illawarra yeah. but uh, within the NPL. And I think it's a testament to, to you know, to what he's done uh, while he played in for a very short period of time. So, look, I think his legacy, you know, he's definitely lifted up the brand of the Illawarra name, not just, you know, within Australia but globally. So, you know, going around and, and, and saying that, you know, I'm a co-owner of the Hawks, um, first thing comes out of their mouth is, you know, mellow ball. So yeah. it's definitely, uh, you know, I guess, increased the brand awareness of what this club stands for. And, and, and it did fantastic on the court while I was here as well. Yep. Um, now, you guys um, bring back, fortunately enough, Justinian Jessup at the moment as a next star. Um, now, Justinian was a, drafted by the Golden State Warriors at pick 51 and has come back to Illawarra. I mean, can you take me through this? Do you plan for this uh, prior to the season? Um, I mean, like NBL 21 when you're first getting him? Or, you know, how did it all happen? Um, look, you know, um, I'll, I'll give a lot of credit to Brian Colangelo for, uh, you know, for spotting him out uh, through the college program, the system as well. So, you know, we we're very strong on, on his ability to score and shoot as well from a very high percentage. So um, it was something that, you know, that, that we saw that the NBL saw. Um, we were fortunate enough to, um, to, you know, to grab him as our next star player, which, yeah. you know, last year served us... Uh, very well uh, as a club, which was fantastic. And, you know, he was very close to being called up last year, you know, to the uh, Warriors roster, uh, you know, three quarters through within our season as well. So, um, you know, he, you know, he's definitely a, a class player. And, you know, this year for us, you know, he's definitely has improved uh, yeah. and has matured, matured as a player, which is fantastic. And something that you want to see with your players that, you know, that year on year, they, they grow and improve, mm-hmm. not only on the court, but off the court and maturely around being a professional athlete. Um, and we're seeing a lot more of this year, not just, you know, being a, being a scorer and being a shooter, but also, you know, getting on the defensive end and, and, and you know, moving yeah. off the ball. I think that's important you know, for his game to take that next step and, to, you, know, to, you know, and to get into the NBA. He's got to be able to do more than their score and shoot. And I think he's, yeah. he's, he's shown that this season, which is fantastic. So what impact has um, the implemented Next Stars program had um, not only on the NBL, but um, you guys and as, as a club and as an organisation? Look, you know, you, know, you know, having a Next Star, and if you can get a good Next Star, it definitely gives you a lot more depth yeah. within, within your roster. And, and we saw that last year having, you know, having uh, Jessup, you know, considering he's a Next Star, you know, mm-hmm. you know he could have been an import uh, yeah. as well. So... Um, it definitely gives you another another sense of depth, and, and having the right next star play within your program gives you another dimension and another, and another you know gives you more ability uh, within your player roster to be able to sort of rotate a bit more deeper within you know within your rotation. So I think for us, you know, uh, Justin has been a great great fit. I know Melo was the next star for the Hawks the year before, but I think the team we've put together this year and and last year has been a lot more rounded uh so having someone like a jessup fit into that team uh worked really well for us as a club and got us to a place you know one one win out of the grand final last year and there's a lot of expectation on this club this year and where we you know where we should be going so um i don't think we're going to sneak up on many teams this year so and same as jessup knowing um he's been around last year people know what he can do on the court so yeah does anybody know yeah there'll be no hidden surprises with what we do this year um, now, Dory, I've had the opportunity uh, to observe you um, courtside of an Illawarra home game um, this season. Now, you appear to be um, sort of a hands-on owner and through the media quite an active owner. Um, can you tell us about what you do 
um, on a daily basis around the club? Yeah, look, you know, it's, you know, any investment that I've, I've looked at, I've always tried to be hands-on with it. And I think a club mm-hmm. like this, you, you, you need to be hands-on. I think it's important that you show face, especially with, with you know, a town like Illawarra. Um, they've had a lot of owners mm-hmm. in the past that haven't sort of been engaged with the community. And I think it's important that, you know, if you are going to succeed in a town like this, which is very hard and rugged in a sense that they want to see, um, you know, a leader that's going to go there and get his hands dirty, connect with the community, connect connect with the uh, the corporates, connect with the fans. And, and it's something that I've always, I've always done with all my companies, actually be hands-on. And, you know, for me, you know, if you're going to push your staff, you know, to succeed, you know, you need to be by their side. So I've always... You know, I've always loved being hands-on, and I think I think with sports is very important. You, you know, mm-hmm. things aren't going to move by themselves, and I think mm. from my end, it, I enjoy doing what I do. And for me, it's not work. So, um, you know, a day-to-day for me will be work with my commercial team, and from you know, from the commercial team, make yeah. sure operations is running right, um, ticketing. Um, it's just yeah, it's just running across you know, literally the whole business, making sure that every part is ticking along. And, and if I need help, you know, you're there to help out. And I think, you know, it's it's important. Great leadership starts from the top. And something that I've always wanted to instill within myself and hopefully it rubs down to, to our staff and our corporates and our fans alike. Um, now, on game day, you sort of work with sponsors um, and getting in close, I guess, with the bench. What's uh, a game day, um, not just a home game, but an away game like for you? Well, look, you know, being away, I'm probably a little bit more closer with the team because I'll, I'll travel with, you know, with the players and, yeah. You know, have a chat with Brian Gorgian, uh, you know, in the locker room pre-game or post-game and just sort yeah. of, you know, be around, you know, it's just it's just being around the, around the team and, and showing, you know, showing your face and, you know, and giving them a vote of confidence. Uh, mm-hmm. But look, yeah, it, it's definitely a lot easier being on the road because there's no uh, commercial obligations and yeah. going out and, and saying that hi to a lot of people. You know, it's it's more about being around the team and being around, being around the change rooms, but also... Mm-hmm. I always love going on the road as well because I can always catch up with, with fellow CEOs or owners mm-hmm. or uh, operations people that I've known because I've been around the league long enough that I know a fair few people in different yeah. teams. So it's always good to sort of get go there from a social perspective and, and have a bit of a chat and see how things are going from a commercial or a business perspective on their end as well, which I think is always good. What's the home game though like for you? I mean, do you go around uh, with sponsors, etc.? Um, and there's been a new um, at the winner at Entertainment Centre Six Man Zone um, for this season. Yeah, look for you know for my, myself, um, you know pre-game corporate hospitality is probably an important part for this club. It's 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 sort of the center stone for our corporate members, you know, a place where they can all collaborate, talk, and communicate, mm-hmm. and just have a chat and build relationships. I think building relationships is very important, and that just comes down to having simple chats. Um, the six man zone, something that, that we launched, something that you know that um, we want to roll out this year and and dedicate a section to the six man area and, and you know SST, um, sorry IIS Logistics, you know, you know was a um, was our partner with this, so um, they've done a fantastic job in supporting this 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 section uh, of you know of our of our stadium, you know, giving people t shirts to wear and mm-hmm. what we try to do with that with that six man zone is is create sort of a fourteen. Uh, team um, rotating team every week will rotate a, an yeah. organisation through that that section, and the loudest team or the loudest um, group, you know, will win the six man award at the end of the season and get the team to go down there with the, you know with a dedicated trophy and and yeah. so forth. So it's trying to create different platforms and different and different um, assets, you know, within the club that we can sort of engage in not only the community but also with fans and give them a different experience what they've normally had. 
Um, so can you tell me a bit about the rivalry uh, between the Illawarra Hawks and the Sydney Kings? Look, you know, that rivalry's been there for a while. I think it's sort of uh, yeah. grown over the last few weeks, you know, with a few comments that uh, was made by the owner of the Kings uh, yep. a month okay. ago. Um, but look, you know, it, it, it's a rivalry. It's been there for a while. I think the rivalry's really now taken another, another step forward because I think from our end right now, you know, the Hawks have relevance in the league. And I think for a while, yeah. the Hawks haven't had a lot of re- re- relevance in the league due to the team they've put on the court. I think now, the last couple of years, taking over, over the ownership uh, of the Hawks with my partners, um, you know, we've been bringing Brian Gorgian back was, was a massive thing for us. Mm-hmm. And so I think for me personally, wanting to bring Brian back all together at the Kings in the past. So yeah. um, there's definitely a lot more depth and spice, with, you know, with us wanting to win and, uh, and prove a point that the Hawks and the Illawarra region isn't the uh, the second fiddle in New South Wales yeah. and that we are, um, you know, we are here now, you know, we want to be the, uh, you know, the main team in New South Wales. And I, I look at this rivalry like the um, <clears throat> the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah, uh, exactly. LA, you, know, the, <laughs> you know, the Lakers have always been a glamour club for so many years. And and then, um, you know, uh, when the new ownership came into the Clippers and brought in, you know, you Doc River, Doc Rivers, and started signing some really good quality players at yep. the Clippers. Um, you know, the Clippers weren't that second fiddle team anymore. They're sort of they're rivaling the Lakers as a you know the professional organisation as a respected club. Yeah. Um. So what's that like when you're sitting there courtside, um, at one of those Sydney Kings Illawarra games and something like we've seen um a breakout in the past few um games or I think it was the last two games between you guys um, comes about. Well, it's always rewarding to get a win. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially against the Kings. So, for, yeah. for, you know, for Mara, it's always, uh, you know, look, any win's a good win. But um, if you speak to a lot of the fans around the Illawarra region, you know, for them, you know, being the, King, being the Kings being is, the King's is uh, best thing of the season. Is, is, one of, is one of the highlights that, you know, of the season. Yeah. For them. So, that's that's probably their, their first rivalry is beating the Kings, first and foremost, mm-hmm. as a Hawks fan. Um, but look, you know, it, it's a long season. You know, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. You know, they've, you know, the Kings have won a lot of championships on with Gorge and mm-hmm. as well. And you know, they've they've been, a, you know, they've, they've had a very good professional program for a number of years as well. So, from our end, is you know, you know, winning is always a pleasure, and you know, winning at Kudos is always great as well. And, um, and I think that you know the players have got that extra motivation, you know, to you know to to win, uh, you know, for this town and region. Um, you mentioned Brian Gorgian. What's Brian like behind the scenes? I mean, I've heard the stories from Andrew Parkinson uh, and all the old Southeast Melbourne Magic guys of how supportive um, he is and how they thrive, I guess, under his leadership. From your perspective, what makes Brian um, so great? Oh, look, I've known Brian, you know, since I was 32. So, you know, when I had the Kings, who was my coach uh, at the Kings. And look, you know, he's a great guy. You know, he's a great motivator. He's a great, great leader. Um, and someone that can actually understand players, and that's something that Brian's been great. You know, when he was a player, transition transitioning to coach to a coach takes takes a lot of talent. And you know, obviously working on different things he gave. Uh, yeah, he's definitely learned a lot uh, from that perspective. But you know, he's a guy that that thinks, eats, breathes basketball twenty four seven. He doesn't mm-hmm. switch off. Um, dedicated beyond belief uh, to the sport. Um, you know, very you know, very switched on. Yeah, watches a lot of tape, um, but look, you know, he's a great motivator, and you know he's very hard in terms of what, knowing what he wants and what he needs. Um, mm-hmm. As as a um, 
as a coach, but he's always managed to get the best out of players. And I think it comes down to the, you know, understanding players and working with players is, is, is important and something that he's done very well. Um, and it's a testament to his career. He's been in 20 yeah. plus final appearances uh, throughout his entire career. So he's done a, a fantastic job there. So how do you guys, um, I guess, from an ownership perspective and um, an off-the-court perspective, how do you guys make money and, I guess, revenue as a club? Well, mate, we don't make money. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's a challenge for a lot of clubs. I don't think yep. many clubs do make money. But, you know, for us, it's, it's about trying to build this club to be sustainable. And I think mm-hmm. it's important, um, you know, driving the narrative uh, and the professional, professionals around this club is, 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 is paramount. Um, but for us, it's trying to increase the commercial sales and, 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 and tickets. Um, mm-hmm. So looking at every club struggles, you don't have to break even. For us, it's, it's trying to get to a point where we can be sustainable um, and, you know, and, 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 and show this community that this club is their club. You know, we are the only professional sporting club in the region as well. So yeah. I'm pushing very hard for, you know, for the community to get behind this club and actually not only sponsor, but, you know, buy tickets and put bums on seats because without bums on seats about commercial partners, yeah. it makes that lot harder as well. So, you know, and that's why, you know, I've been working pretty hard in this business because, you know, you need to work hard in your business um, regardless of radius. So, um, but look, yeah, there's definitely, definitely trying to create new silos and new revenue streams, like, you know, like the six-man yeah. zone, you know, that we've done with um, ISS Logistics. Um, but, you know, finding new revenue streams and new corporates and, and new commercial assets that we can mm-hmm. really market and promote. So how do you engage sponsors with the club um, and try and get them on board? And like you mentioned before, um, in the show, try and uh, raise awareness of the club around the region. Yeah. Look, you know, it's, it's just about meeting people. You know, you share your journey. You know, share, yeah. share, share your story. You know, tell them, you know, where you want to take this club and, and, and just, you know, it's about connecting with people. It's it's honestly, it's not hard. It's about you know have you know building pure proper relationships with people, and when you do that, um, people will buy into you know into into your vision. And for us, all all I can do you know as a co-owner and as a president is to share my journey, share my experience, and share where we want to take this club. And if they buy into it, and they believe in, in it, they'll invest. And you need to show them a reason why they need to invest into your club um, and, you know, and, and build a game day experience um, and an ecosystem where they're going to be sort of uh, engaged and, and be positive about, you know, um, what you're doing. And I think, you know, we've, we've had some massive inroads, you know, we've got some great national sponsors on board out of relationships and out of them seeing the direction we're going as well, which is very important. One of the greatest decisions um, for an NBL club or a matter of fact, any sports team each year, um, is there imports? How do you go about this and how do you get, are you involved um, in the process of selecting or choosing or picking an import? Well, you know, um, that's a very tricky one because there are, there are a lot of imports out there. Um, yeah. You know, Xavier Ratham means, nice. I, had a, I had a bit of a say in that. Um, yeah. But normally, you know, we've got Brian Colangelo uh, that's very connected, obviously, within the NBA and with, you know, amongst imports and He's got a very good eye for that as well. Uh, yeah. And also Brian Gorge and, and, and Jacob Jacomas, that, you know, that, that, you know, Brian's been around for a long time. You know, yeah. we've got a lot of agents on our books, you know, which like a lot of MB, other NBL teams will have the same agents. Yeah. Um, but it, it's about picking an import that actually can work within your system. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important as well. It's not about just getting the greatest import you can get, but that, but you know, but, uh, that, mm-hmm. you know, but can't also work within the team. So, 
it's finding the right balance of what's going to fit right with your team. If you look at someone like Tyler Harvey, we've had now for three years, you know, we, yeah. didn't, we needed a point guard that can actually work with him and work beside him. They can also distribute. So it's a matter of getting, you know, three imports that are going to actually work work together, and that's very important. Yeah. You know, Perth have done it very well. You know, Melbourne United have done it very well um, over the years, and, you know, and you can see it's evident, you know, with, the, with their successes on the court. Um, it's about building a balanced team, and that's very important. And at times, the imports might not have to be the role players and the star players of your team. Um, yeah. You know, you look at your Gildens and your Deladovers and, um, you know, and, 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 and your lands out Jock, and those sort of guys, you know, that built around this, the, core, the core Australian team, and yet you imports that work with them. So um, I don't think it's necessary to have, you know, you know, I don't think it starts and finishes with the imports. I think it's about having a balanced roster and a balanced team that's going to get mm-hmm. your title. Um, I noticed when um, I did go to that Illawarra game at Win Entertainment Centre that you guys sort of played against Melbourne United a sort of offensive 3-2 style, um, so three sort of on the wings at the perimeter and one at the top and then sort of had your big guys like your Sam Frolling or um, Antonius Cleveland on the inside, which, um, like you mentioned before, allows uh, a sort of cut-through space for someone like a Xavier Rattan Mays, uh, rather yep. Mays, sorry, to come in and, you know, you know take the open lane. Um, how does Gorgian draw up these kinds of plays um, and make sure his guys execute it properly? I mean, you, everyone hears of how intense he is at training uh, with the Kings, with the Magic, yeah. um, with the South Dragons. Um, what's he like at training and how does he get his guys um, to execute uh, his plays perfectly. Well, look, I, I'll definitely say he's definitely tamed down a lot with age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, compared compared to his younger years, I know he was very, uh, yeah, very, uh, very uh, vocal uh, mm-hmm. trainings. He's definitely um, mellowed down, and I think he's adapted with, with time. And I think it's important as a, as a coach to transition through many different generations. You've, yeah. you've got to um, adapt with the game. And I think he's actually last year was a very big learning curve for him. Is is adapting to the way. The game's being officiated now, being out of the league for 12 years, being in China, um, yeah. understanding that, you know, there's a process with that. Um, but look, you know, you know, you know, every, you know, every game we play, there's a different game plan. You know, you know, if you look at Perth last night, it was a different game plan you know, to the nights before. So, you know, someone like Brian, you know, as I said earlier on, he watches a lot of tape and cuts up yeah. a lot of tape. And for him, it's just, you know, Seeing what what's going to work best, and it's all about matchups, and you know which matchups mm-hmm. going to work best with, with you know with different players. And you'll see at times our big will be on the bench a lot longer than you know you know we might go small ball, yeah. um, and that makes a difference. And you know, and I think at one stage we had a go. I can't remember the game now, but we went with a pretty small lineup uh, for the last quarter. We didn't sub. Yeah. Um, the last quarter, and I'm just going blank which team we played on that, <laughs> and we end up winning the game. So. Yeah. Uh, should I should know which team we played, but um, you know, but Gorge is still trying to find out the rotations. And mm-hmm. I think last night against Perth, we, you know, we, we had a, a a team out there that hadn't played together as well. So Brian's sort mm-hmm. of still trying to work out what is the best rotation. You know, what we do, what you know, what's the best sequence of players, and at, at what time to put them in. So yeah. look, you know, game plans can be drawn up and and, and be tra- you know, and be put through the pace of that training, but. When it comes to game day, you know you just don't know what you get on the court. Um, mm. At times, shots won't go down, shots will go down. So you know you have to be you have to be ready to adapt because uh, yeah. nothing ever goes to plan hundred uh, percent. And, and 
great teams that win are the ones that can see that adapt pretty quickly and actually, you know, change change their tack during the game. So what was uh, – you mentioned Xavier Razamaze before um, and how you were sort of involved a bit in the process um, of getting him to the Illawarra Hawks. How did – what um, sort of got your interest um, at first with Xavier? Uh, just watching tape, just, you know, seeing what he does with the ball, just his ball handling skills I thought was great. Um, just watching tape, you know, being able to penetrate to the basket, uh, but also just watching tape him off the court. In, yeah. in interviews and just seeing his personality, um, I think that was important. So, you know, it's not only you know not only you look for players on the court, but you also look at players how are they off the court from a mm-hmm. personality perspective as well. So, I just had that vibe, you know, in relation to uh, personality was very important for us, and that I, I sort of saw within the interviews that he had, yeah. but also just you know he had a very different style of play and swag and that street mm-hmm. ball sort of very good ball handling skills, and we've seen this year. You know, when he goes to the basket, it's very hard to stop. Yeah. Um, and he's got a pretty quick first step as well. And, you know, it, it was an ACC all-defensive first first, uh, first, first team as well. So, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, on his resume, you, know, you can see that, he's, you know, he can defend the ball as well. So, um, look, you know, I believe he's been a good addition this year. And I think he's going to still find his feet, you know. And, and I, I, I'll be surprised if he doesn't get that, that sixth man of the year award this year uh, at the end of the season. Um, so now, how did you manage to secure uh, the greatest, one of the greatest coaches um, in basketball history um, in Australia, Brian Gorgian, to come to Illawarra? How did and how did that come about? Mate, it's uh, it's a straight down a friendship. Uh, yeah. You know, when I, when I was at the Kings, I owned the Kings, and, and Gorgian was that coach. I just built a very strong relationship with him through that period. You know, it was probably one of the hardest periods of the Kings' history. Um, but I was fortunate enough that you know we just got on well. We just um, connected as, as yep. friends and I was with him throughout that whole period and we actually built a very strong close bond. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when we had our last game at the time, so when we lost game five versus the Melbourne Tigers, you know, I walked out and Gorge will, will share this memory and shared it many times in the media is that, you know, I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, if I ever own a club again, yeah, I want you to coach with me. And we made that pat, you know, probably what, 13, 14 years ago yeah. now. Um, <laughs> And every time I we went to China, you know, he, he coached in China for a number of years and I have an office in China. And every time I went to China, we always caught up. And every time mm-hmm. we came back to Australia, we always had dinner with him, himself and Amanda. So we've always kept a very close bond and we've always joked about 12, 13 years yeah. about doing it together again. So yeah. when the time came, that, you know, that this opportunity came forward, I just said to him, mate, you're doing it with me. There is no doubt with this. So, um, and I give him credit that he, you know, he, he, he stuck to, to, to his promise and, and um and here we are, you know, it was probably the greatest signing, you know, one of the greatest signings in yeah. the uh, Hawks history as well as the NBL. You know, I know mm-hmm. many clubs tried to bring Brian back over that 12-year tenor, you know, from the Kings to Melbourne United. And I'm sure there's been a lot of other clubs that tried to bring him back. Yeah. Um, but you know, coming back on friendship and trust and knowing that we can reform this 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 partnership again. Um, I'm very proud that he, you know, he stuck by his word. I'm very proud that I was able to bring him back because it is it was one of the biggest signings last year in the NBA, and I was very proud to be at that conference and that press conference with him at the Hawks at our first conference together. Me being, you know, 13 years older, yeah. um, and to be able to do something so unique for the league and to be part of history, which you know for me was, you know, was very self-satisfying. And then to see him go out and actually coach the Boomers on the back of what we did at Illawarra was another yeah. um, highlight in my career. Is him being selected. 
and being on that press conference table with uh, with himself, you know, being announced yeah. as a boomers coach, I think that's that's you know definitely two surreal moments in my basketball career. You know, being a part of history in those areas, which I'm very proud of. When you're on that press conference table and you know you're looking at the media, whether it's uh, in person or over Zoom due to COVID, what's that like? You're sitting next to Brian Gorgian and he's just been announced as the Boomers coach, you know? I look, you know, for me, it's just very proud, very proud of uh, being a part of, you know, part of his career. Very proud that I can say he's a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're very close, a lot of respect amongst us uh, personally as people, as human beings. Um, yeah. And, and that makes that makes working together that much more enjoyable. You know, we, you know, we have our disagreements, we have, we have our arguments, we have our, our fights, our, our own yeah. views, but but we leave the room hugging each other and saying, "Mate, we love you." And that's and that's important. That and that's what it's about. It's actually enjoying what you're doing. But being you know being on that table with him, you know, I think to me was, you know, it's just you know being with a friend and and helping him achieve a milestone that that you know that um you know he, he you know he hasn't achieved before by winning that bronze medal. Um, you know, I feel a part of that as much as he does, and, and that's yeah. and that's exciting and to see your friend succeed and and keep taking, you know, improving those milestones in his career, and, mm-hmm. and to say, you know, I was a part of, you know, his journey, uh, you know, a very small part of his journey. Um, yeah. It's it's satisfying. Um, so, how do you connect with um, player uh, players agents, for example, um, maybe Jessup Scout when he came over? Um, to Australia in NBL 21 or how do you go about connecting with players agents when you've got them at the club and making sure um, not just the players mm-hmm. supported but the agent is supported too Mate, you know look Max it's all about making people feel important um, you know when Michael Lee came out here from the Warriors last year I think he spent eight weeks with us um, you know we built a very strong relationship um, you know and I had a good chat with him last night after our game yeah. And, you know, and, and relationships are important. And if you respect people and you respect what they do and you, and you give them the hospitality, friendships will last for a very long time. And, yeah. and I think as agents, the agent always wants what's best for the player. And obviously we always want, what, want what's best for the team. Mm-hmm. It's just finding that fair medium where, yeah. you know, where, where you can see eye to eye. Um, but look, it all comes down to respect. You know, mm-hmm. giving people respect in what they're doing, giving and just treating people, you know, uh, nicely. Like it's not hard. Um, yeah, it's yeah. the same principles I've done across all my companies for the last twenty-two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and then, you know, they're going to want to help you. And, and that's something that you know, for my end, is, is something I've always just focused on as an yeah. individual. Um, it's respect people, and and just be very hospitable, because it goes a long way. Yeah. Um. So what's it like to, you know. Oh, I just had a mind blank. Sorry. No, it's okay. Oh, far out. <laughs> no. We can edit this part. Yeah, we'll let, <laughs> I'll edit this part out. <laughs> oh, I hate it when that happens. And it takes a minute and it's just like, you just got to try and get your mind running again. That's right. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, sorry. So how do you go about managing, um, you know, your companies like DKM Blue, um, alongside with Illawarra? Definitely very hard. Um, but look, you know, I'm fortunate enough I've got a good team at DK and Blue. Um, but look, I'm, I just work 24-7. I'm like a gorge, you know, mm-hmm. off the court. I'll just be emailing all hours of the night. My staff will get emails at four in the morning. Yeah. Do you ever sleep? Um, 
<laughs> but look, you know, you know, when you when, when you get things going and ticking um, mm-hmm. cohesively together, um, I don't find it that hard. You know, I've always been I've always been a hard worker. It's something I've always mm-hmm. done all my life. So, um, I've, you know, I've got a couple other companies that I, that I work across as well. But you know, for yeah. me, it's, it's I look you enjoy what you do. It's not work. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy it, and um, I enjoy what I do. So it's it's, it's manageable at the moment. But yeah. definitely they are the hawks are taking up probably 90% of the lion's share of yeah. what I do at the moment. <laughs> so um, how did you get um, DKM Blue as sort of a jersey partner or sponsor of Illawarra? Look, you know, um, mate, it's, 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 it, it was a free asset at the moment, so I thought I'll mm-hmm. put my logo there at the yeah. moment. <laughs> Backfill. Yeah. Um, but look, you know, but look, not just that, you know, you know my, my business you know, has been a very uh, big part of, of, you know, our commercial um, alignment as well. Yeah. Um, you know, people like uh, you know, Pepper Money, Little Zacks, Rick, yeah. um, you know, ISS shipping, a lot of these clients have been clients of mine at DK and Blue. Yeah. So I was lucky enough that a lot of the, a lot of my clients at DK and Blue believed in the vision and the direction I was taking with the Hawks and they've come on mm-hmm. uh, and sponsored the club. So you know, so if it wasn't for my company at DK and Blue and the networks that I had within my corporate and marketing space, then I wouldn't have picked up our major name right partner uh mm-hmm. you know people like Pe- pepper money which have been a massive part and a massive contribution to the direction this club is going financially mm-hmm. and then people like Rick, um little zacks and, and so on so as much as my my, my you know my logo is on that chest you know the yeah. dk and blue business has helped this club immensely in the commercial space and driving uh commercial revenue as well along to this business um so how do you uh, sort of, how do I put this? Um, far out, I've done it again. Bugger it. Um, <laughs> far out. I had the question, like, you know, it's sitting right there at the tip of your tongue. And That's right. Cannot believe it. Honestly. you get there. I'll get it. I'll get it. It's coming. DK Blue. Brand. DKM Blue, Illawarra. Ah, oh, yes, got it. So from your owner's sort of perspective, how do you go about um, setting up Illawarra and striving um, and making those leaps towards a championship in the next few years? Look, you know, it's, it's about building, you know, we everyone, everyone talks about culture and building the right culture. Um, yeah. It's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, it's, it's, it's you know, building the right team on the court. And I think, you know, you know, we're on the right page and the right track to where we need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but also building off the court, the culture around the organisation, around, you know, around our commercial team, our operation team, um, and just making players feel comfortable yeah. and making them, making them feel important um, and just giving them everything that, you know, everything they can to succeed. And, and uh, look, and it starts from the top, you know, and it starts from, you know, from, from how we project ourselves as owners, of, of the club all yeah. the way down, all the way down to our team manager, um, mm-hmm. all the way down to our volunteers. Um, you know, it's, you know, there's a lot of people that, that make a club successful and it's not just, you know, the ownership or, or the players. It's, you know, the 27 volunteers that we've got out there that, you know, that are striving, you know, um, you know to make this club uh, professional and, you know, for them to be proud of. So I think having a winning culture starts mm-hmm. from, you know, from the foundations and something that we're focused on as a club is to build a culture where everyone can be happy and be around, you know, if you're happy and you're around this club and, and, and you've got this excitement, it's going to rub off on a lot of people. Yeah. 
or rub off on the players or rub off on the community or rub off on the coaches the staff and then things will start succeeding and start growing from there. You know, I've never seen a club that has a great team but it has a bad organisation. Mm-hmm. Normally everything's working well together if you're going to have a sustainable uh, championship winning team. If you look at the Perth Wildcats in Melbourne United, um, they've, they've had all cylinders firing at once, not just one department. I think every department has to fire mm-hmm. as one. And something that I'm really focused on is, is getting the whole club and organisation firing as one from all the way from our volunteers up to our ownership and everyone else in between. So how do you brand the club, um, I guess, through the media, um, not only with interviews and things like that, but through your social media feed too? Um, what, what do I mean? How do I brand the club? or How do you raise awareness of the club um, and put it... Well, look, you know... Yeah, like yeah, a good look, look to the club. Yeah, good name. Well, you know, for us, you know, um, you know, it, it's having a good social team. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think we've got a great social media team uh, mm-hmm. from creative to video content. You know, I think <clears throat> it's trying to capture the way you do things in a different in a different lens, yeah. and I think that's important. And I, I've always stressed to my team is it's not always about catching basketball content. Yeah. When, when we promote this team, it's about catching behind the scenes or catching yeah. game day experience. Yeah, um, we are in the we are in the entertainment world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sport is entertainment. Yeah. Players are actors to a degree. They're mm-hmm. performing their art on the yeah. center stage. It is theater. It's live theater. Mm-hmm. So everything that I've pushed with our media team and our marketing team is to really try to create the essence of not just what's on the court but what's around the court. Yeah, and I think and I think we're doing that quite well. And we are getting a sense of excitement from the community saying, you know what. This isn't just the old forks of the past. This looks different, looks unique. Entertainment yeah. looks exciting. Mm-hmm. Home games look exciting. We want to see what the Hawks are doing now. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, for us to create different views from a different lens to create a bit of excitement because having guys bouncing basketballs up and down the court and just showing that we're not connecting with it, we're not connecting with new customers. Yeah. So it's about changing the way you, you promote and the way you, you, you shoot content. To, to engage in new people that might not love the sport yep. but haven't seen a game. But if you can get them to a game, mm-hmm. um, they'll leave, you know, with a memorable experience and want to come back for more. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's our goal as a, as a club. How do we get new people coming into our doors to watch our live theatre, our live entertainment? So how do you um, go about, I mean, a lot of clubs have number one ticket holders. How do you go about um, getting a number one ticket holder and um, – so again, that raises the awareness. Um, well, look, for, you know, we're very lucky. We've got Alex Volkanovski, yeah, the uh, UFC world uh, world champion. Um, you know, we're, we're lucky that you know he is from the region. He's from mm. uh, down in Illawarra, so <clears throat> that wasn't too hard to get because he loves the sport. He's been to our games, so um, yep. yeah, someone like that has got a massive following. Who's a passionate mm. basketball player or basketball fan advocate? Yep. We saw him play with a few of the players on the court. Uh, with Ko, uh, but you know, but look, you know, you know, having played people like that around the club, that are you know that have been successful and been winners within their own sport is fantastic yeah. as well. And you know, having guys like that around the club also, you know, add another depth that you know you have a diverse group of of fans and, and ambassadors that are actually mm-hmm. supporting your club. So how does that um, help your winning culture sort of mentality? Uh, you know, it's just having winning people around 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 your club, and that's mm-hmm. just. You know, it's important just to have positive people. Yep. You know, 
you know, positive breeds positive and, you know, and it's just energy. That's, you want people that, that have got the passion, the love for the sport um, and your club around, around the club. And that's what you want. And, um, you know, success breeds success. Um, and you want people that are successful in their own right uh, to be around the club because that, that's going to rub off on people. What are your expectations um, of the group or the whole club for, you know, the rest of NBL 22? Look, you know, everyone's predicting us, you know, to be a title favourite. Um, yeah. I think it's a lot of pressure on this club, uh, you know, two years in. But, um, you know, our expectations is to be in the playoffs. And that's, you know, we wouldn't expect anything less than that. You know, I think we've put, in, we've put together a much better rounded team this year. I think we've got a lot more talent. Yeah. So it's just a matter of getting the keys in this with this team and working out, you know, you know, you, you know the, the cruts of it and, and, and mm-hmm. getting this team to gel together. Um, you know, I said at the first press conference, we want to be a title contender. We want to... Yeah. We don't want to make up numbers. We want to win a title. And I think mm-hmm. this year we've got a team that could win a title, mm-hmm. but it's a long road ahead. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. learning curves that we need to go through. We've got to go through a lot of a, a lot of teething um, issues. Mm-hmm. We're going to lose games. We're going to win games. Um, you know, we had a loss last night against Perth and against Melbourne United, the two yeah. of the best teams in the league right now. But these are good early, early losses that we're going to have. We're going to learn from those. And it's not how we start. It's where we finish. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, once you get to the playoffs, then it's, it, I think it's going to be anyone's race this year. And, and you know, we're very confident, but, you know, we've still got a long way to go and, and, and we need to find our feet. How do you help negotiate when um, it's been a COVID-affected season like NBL 21 um, is NBL 22? When you've got, um, you might have one opposition and then you've got another opposition um, that has come in to replace that game or your game's been postponed due to COVID and things like that. How do you adjust to those scenarios or situations? Well, it's 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 mainly for the coaches and the players. Um, yeah. For us, commercially, when we, when we have to change dates at home, it's definitely challenging. It's, it's a financial uh, challenge for us when you've got to you know change that. But look, we're in a we're in a pandemic. It's just part of life. Yeah. Coaches that you know they know full well that that teams can change at any given time mm-hmm. uh, throughout throughout you know the season. Um, so it's no surprise. This year's no surprise compared to last year. You just have yeah. to be ready. And that's and that's just the way it is. And the teams that can adapt and be ready through these mm-hmm. changes will win a title. Um, there's no excuses to everyone's in the same boat. So no one's going to be disadvantaged more than the other. You know, you've got right now Perth on the road, you've got New Zealand on the road, which they're going through a, a bit of a struggle um, in relation to being away from home. I think mm-hmm. Perth, you know, they're still winning because they're, they're a, world, a world-class organisation. But yeah. Um, you know, it's going to wear and tear when you're on the road for a long time. So we're fortunate that, you know, we're still able to be in it a while. But, yeah, you just need to adapt, you know, with, with the outcomes and what comes forward. Thanks, Dory, for coming on the show today and putting aside uh, 50 or so of your minutes um, out of your schedule to come on and have a chat. It's been an honour to have you on. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Max. Appreciate it. If you um, if you want to get to an Illawarra game or an NBL game this season, Buy some tickets through uh, the NBL website or Illawarra website and get to see Tyler Harvey and Jessup and all those guys do their thing. Stay tuned. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.